Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Liechtenstein, just the cutest little European nation. The country is tiny, but weirdly enough, it is actually only the fourth smallest country in Europe, behind Vatican City, Monaco, and San Marino. What it lacks in square footage, though, it more than makes up for in economic might. You see, this country is home to the second richest people in the world, with a GDP per capita figure of $165,000, which is second only to, well, surprise, surprise, Monaco. And the country is at least officially home to some truly wealthy old money elite. But it kind of sounds like we have seen this all before. Isn't this just mountain-themed Monaco? They are both tiny European nations that have loose tax policies that attract rich people. Well, no. For starters, and it really is all relative here, Liechtenstein is a lot larger than Monaco, and beyond this, it actually has legitimate industry. It has a very well-developed manufacturing center for a country of its size, and also, the economy does not survive almost exclusively off tourism. In reality, the nation is a lot more like a tiny little Switzerland in more ways than one. You are watching Economics Explained. If you enjoy these videos, please consider liking and subscribing. If you really enjoy these videos and want to get involved with their creation, stay till the end for an exciting announcement. There are, of course, many surface-level similarities between Liechtenstein and Switzerland. First, of course, they are neighbouring countries, and the nation of Liechtenstein is almost exclusively dependent on Switzerland for its energy and utilities requirements. They also share a currency and have formed an economic union. Right there. Right in the middle of the European Union. Can't imagine that being annoying at all. The thing is, though, these nations seem like they should be competitors. Both of them rely heavily on their financial services sector to deliver the kind of prosperity that they enjoy today. But the relationship between the two nations goes way beyond this. It's not like Liechtenstein is this weak little startup nipping at Switzerland's heels trying to take its business, but rather, they perfectly complement the kind of business each other does. You see, we have already explored the economy of Switzerland and found that a lot of the myths around Swiss banking weren't entirely true. But fortunately, for a lot of Swiss financial institutions, they have set up subsidiaries in Liechtenstein where these types of banking secrecy laws and exotic company structures can still be set up. Facilitating company structures for extremely wealthy individuals and companies is the primary industry of the nation. It's basically a 160 square kilometer accounting firm. And this is not to say that they are doing anything malicious, like facilitating money laundering or anything like that. The country is just a really, really easy place to get a lot of legitimate international banking done, in part because of its neutrality and also its flexibility. Do you want to register a foundation owned by a trust that is the beneficiary of another trust whose executor is a company registered in the United States and owned by an individual living in Sweden? Well, this sounds like a nightmare and would take ages to set up in a country like the United States, but in Liechtenstein, it's literally all in an afternoon's work. 
which makes them a truly popular destination to just get all of that fun accounting stuff done. Because of this, the nation is also home to a few weird curiosities. The first of which is that it's the only nation on Earth to have more registered companies than citizens. The other fun one is that the nation is actually only home to about 90 lawyers, which means that these 90 lawyers are management nominees to some 7,000 companies on average each. Yeah, and you thought Elon Musk was impressive. Now all of this is great. Nobody really has a problem with the national equivalent of the accounting department, but the thing is, it's also had a bit of a bad reputation as a tax haven, which again, is not entirely fair. Liechtenstein does have taxes, the same as Monaco, another country that normally gets a bad rap for this. If anything, Liechtenstein has a lot of taxes, they even have the big scary kind of tax, a wealth tax, which rich people really really hate. A wealth tax is a tax levied on someone's net worth rather than just their income. A super wealthy individual like Jeff Bezos doesn't actually make that much income. Sure, he draws a salary from being the CEO of Amazon, but it's pretty insignificant compared to his wealth. An individual like Jeff Bezos got so rich because he had assets, most notably Amazon shares, that appreciated in value. Now Jeff Bezos never needs to pay taxes on these shares until he actually sells them, which effectively means he probably pays a far lower relative tax rate than you or I. In Liechtenstein though, this kind of wealth accumulation actually does incur taxes. If Mr. Bezos was a citizen of Liechtenstein, he would actually have to pay money every year on his wealth. The way the nation does this is to work out a fair market value for an individual's wealth. Let's say Jeff Bezos here has $100 billion worth of Amazon shares and for simplicity's sake let's say he does not own anything else. What the nation would do is say an asset like that share portfolio is likely to deliver some kind of return, even if it's not a cash return. In 2019, this return rate was decided to be about 4%, but it does change every year. So what this would mean is that in 2019, 4% of 100 billion is 4 billion. Okay, cool. The country would assume that Mr. Bezos made $4 billion in income that year and levied an income tax based on that. Now, income tax in Liechtenstein is pretty easy going but it still means that a billionaire like Jeff Bezos in this instance would effectively have to pay about 1% of his net worth every year in this tax, which is far, far higher than what they pay in the United States or almost any other country around the world. This wealth tax is also variable year on year based on global market performance. Since it looks like most stock market returns for this year are likely going to be negative, the nation may very well turn around and not levy this tax at all because it figures that most people would not have grown wealthier this year. So yeah, you would normally not believe it, but Liechtenstein, a country that most people think is little more than a mountainous tax haven, might actually have the best working model for a wealth tax in the world today. A big side note is that of course, this wealth tax is only levied on the nation's 38,000 citizens and not levied on the companies that have holding entities in the nation. But it is still a very, very successful piece of tax policy so well done Liechtenstein. So this all brings us on to the other industries that make this tiny little economy so wealthy. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. 
I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So here's the thing that makes Liechtenstein a proper nation that just happens to have a small landmass rather than being a typical micro-nation. The country actually has a surprisingly strong industrial sector. And yes, of course, with a GDP of just over 6 billion US dollars, it's not challenging China or the USA anytime soon, but it still certainly can't be ignored. The country actually has a strong reputation for manufacturing and exporting some very, very high-end goods. In the same way that its big brother Switzerland makes and exports exquisite watches, Liechtenstein has an industry that revolves around very, very low volume, but very, very high quality item. Most notably, a lot of dental equipment, high quality electronic sensors, and precise manufacturing tools are made in Liechtenstein. These are actually the perfect industries for this type of nation. For starters, of course, the average Liechtensteiner, and yes, that is what the citizens of Liechtenstein are called, demand very, very high wages because the country is very, very rich. So you can't have people like this making t-shirts and iPhones. You need the kind of high-skilled manufacturing that takes a lot of expertise and does not benefit from economies of scale. The market for high-speed dental drills is not very big. So there really isn't the capacity for a major industrial powerhouse like China to just make a million dental drills at a time to bring down unit cost. There just isn't enough demand. The other thing is, dentists are rich and they have no problem spending hundreds of thousands of dollars equipping their practices with good, reliable, and safe surgical equipment. So this means that even a teeny tiny nation like Liechtenstein is able to compete with far more developed industrial centers. Liechtenstein's total exports are around $3.76 billion a year, and its imports are around $2.2 billion a year, which means that not only is this tiny country running a 50% trade surplus, it also has the highest net exports to GDP ratio of any country in the entire world. I recently received a great recommendation to rank national economies based on key factors to form the Economics Explained leaderboard. So thank you anonymous viewer, I'm going to do exactly that using these five criteria. Liechtenstein is tiny, and so is its economy. It's only home to about 38,000 people, and despite having fantastic industries, it still only has a GDP of $6.2 billion annually. I can't give it a score any higher than 1 out of 10. What it lacks in size, it more than makes up for in individual wealth though. The tiny nation's population is incredibly wealthy. This is because of the high level of education, good tax policies, and incredibly lucrative businesses that most people engage in. With the second highest GDP per capita in the world, it's a clear 10 out of 10. Good old stability and confidence, my favorite. 
The country is also a clear standout here because people view it as a safe and secure nation to conduct their banking and finances from. The nation is not subject to any kind of political scandals and on top of that things tend to change slowly in this little alpine retreat. It gets a 9 out of 10, only losing one point because the whole economy is not really diversified outside of finance and high-end manufacturing. Growth is pretty straightforward. It maintains an average of 2-3% to GDP growth on average per year, putting it in line with most developed nations out there. So let's give it a 5 out of 10. Finally, industry. This is an interesting one, and I know the entire video has been spent talking about how great the nation's industry is, but it's still tiny. What they do, they do well. Banking, financial services, ultra high-end manufacturing are all incredibly lucrative businesses, but they are still very insignificant. It isn't rivaling Shenzhen anytime soon, so it gets a 3 out of 10 here. This averages out the nation's score to 5.6 out of 10, putting it securely into first place since there isn't any other nations on the list yet. So, well done, Lichtenstein, I guess. Enjoy it while it lasts. I want to hear your feedback on these kinds of rankings. Are there any categories that are missing? Anything that you would change? The most logical structure from the comments section below will get featured in the next video, and who knows, we'll probably use it for our list into the future. Of course, the economy of Lichtenstein is very, very small as is its landmass and its population. It's not a country where I will be able to talk endlessly about its economic development throughout history, and it's not a nation that is going to cause huge waves in the global economy. But, it's not a nation that should be disregarded as a complete triviality. It's not a Vatican City or a Sealand or whatever independent state people are trying to claim in the middle of Australia this week. It is a fully-fledged national economy with all of the characteristics that we take for granted in a regular economy. It has taxation policies that we may even learn something from. It has a robust and legitimate financial services sector, and even a flourishing and self-sufficient industrial sector that probably puts a lot of much larger economies to shame. So yeah, Liechtenstein is a micronation. There is no getting around that. But its economy is just as developed and diverse as any other modern nation in the world today. Hi guys, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the latest video, please consider liking and subscribing. As for our exciting announcement, if you have experience in video editing or business content writing and want to be involved with the team behind Economics Explained, please check out the application form linked in the video description. Otherwise, as always, a huge thank you to our new patrons over on Patreon for making all of these videos possible. I'll be hosting the Q&A session, same as always, live streamed on our second channel linked in the video description, or hosting it live on our Discord server, which you should definitely join. Thanks guys, bye. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.